Folks, uh, some months ago before the pandemic, uh, Corona to me was just a beer and COVID-19 sounded like a star in the universe in an episode of Star Trek. Um, but life has changed. And a couple of people have asked me, is Corona a judgment of God? And I, I want to say, folks, this is clearly a warning that something is wrong in how we are living. And I think it's part of living in a sinful world. When we reject God's ways, there's bound to be consequences. There's going to be consequences with ourselves individually, our church, our country, when we ignore God, when we reject his ways. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that those with the virus are worse sinners or anything like that. But we live in a sin-drenched world uh, where the consequences affect us indiscriminately. Life is more fragile than we think. Here is the virus. We can't see it, yet it can be everywhere. You can get it and have little symptoms, but with other people, it, they actually might die from it. The coronavirus is no respecter of people, whether you're black or white, male or female, whether you come from the west or the east. And folks, can I say, sin is not unlike the coronavirus. It will affect everyone. But it can be more damaging to, to some than others. James' words in these uh, few, few verses are of great significance and a challenge to our plans and decisions. And so James begins by the planning of people. We read these words in verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Well, that's life, isn't it? We all make plans. We put it in our diaries. It's the normal thing to do. Some people have business plans. Other people have building plans. Some people have holiday plans, retirement plans. And the early, Christian is no, early church is no different to people today. People are planning. They're planning for their comfort. They're planning for their future, as most people do. Life is made up of buying and selling and gaining and losing and going here and there and so on. It's made up of people, places and profits, with many decisions made daily. But you know what? There is no evidence in James that these Christians prayed about the will of God for their lives. There's no evidence that they prayed for wisdom for their decisions. They were very much like the world. They measured success like the world and success meant if they got what they planned for, uh, then they were a success. success. And it often involved monetary uh, success. What the world considers success is very different to what God considers success. Folks, it's great to have plans. It's great to have dreams. It's great to have goals from a Christian point of view as long as you involve God in your decisions. Can I ask you, do, you, do your plans include the Lord Jesus? Well, James, the next verse talks about planning without God. And in verse 14, he says there, Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Well, who hasn't made plans or who hasn't had to cancel their plans? 
life uh, with corona has made uh, life more fragile than ever. Uh, we, we make plans and we presuppose that we live in a world of order and confidence, but the very opposite is true. We know that we live in a world of chaos and uncertainty. We can be a Christian and still forget that God, that the Lord Jesus is our Lord who wants to rule our lives. Yet if we live under the Lordship of Christ, there can be a peace within uh, despite the chaos around. Do you hear what James says? He says we are like a mist. Now that's a Greek word that, that comes from the word atmos. We, we get the word atmosphere. And... Uh, you know, you've all probably seen mist uh, when I uh, go down to Braywood. I actually can see a big mist coming up uh, from the valley. And you can see it. It's faster than walking pace. And all of a sudden, it engulfs the house. The next thing, you look out and it's gone. And that's what James is saying. Our lives are like a mist. We measure our lives uh, in years and seasons, but in comparison to eternity, we are like a vapour like a spray, a steam, a puff of smoke, a mist. One minute we're here, gone the next. Funerals today, it's sad, isn't it? A handful of people can be at a funeral to farewell a life of 60, 70 years. Folks, our comfortable bubble we've created has burst. Money and success is like a mystical illusion. We count our years each birthday... But God tells us to number our days. You know, since life is so brief and uh, fragile, we can't just spend our lives or waste our lives. God wants us to invest our lives in those things that are, that are eternal. And the Bible says it this way, anything we put above God is an idol. You know, that can be money, that can be our sports, our hobbies. And we know all those things are insecure. Today, some of the businesses are on the brink of extinction. Australia is billions and billions of dollars in debt. Our kids and our grandkids will be paying for it. Our great idols of sport are, are in disarray. The, the Olympics have been postponed. Education is confusion. Our states are closing against each other. Travel has been banned. We are encouraged to, uh, to self-isolate, to wear masks and so on. Yet since this pandemic, our air has become cleaner. Pollution is diminishing. Waterways have become clear. I heard uh, just recently that in Venice, uh, they are getting close to seeing the bottom of their, of their waterways. It's, it's like a, a global environment reset button has been pushed. And folks, I want to say this. Could it be, could it be that this pandemic is an opportunity for a spiritual reset button for your life. Are we listening to God? Are we hearing him speak? Friends, I want to say these times of the coronavirus are like God's megaphone. And I think he's saying we need to change. Like this pandemic, we are not immune to sin. Uh, we've all installed at various times various idols in our lives. Will we change? Instead of planning and making decisions without God, 
God wants us to consider him in our plans. Friends, have you wandered like the the readers of uh, James? Have you drifted in your love for Jesus? Well, James, thirdly, talks about planning with God. And in verse 15, he says these words, Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this, that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. You know, I know some people can say, oh, if it is the Lord's will, and they can say it in such a way, it's a cliche or a pious statement when they don't know what to pray. But living the Lord's will is a constant attitude of the heart. Can I remind you of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 4? He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And even the Apostle Paul in Romans 1, he says, I pray that at, at last... By God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Friends, when we plan, when we make a decision, whether it be our career, whether it be marriage, whether it be moving house, are we considering God's will? Are we considering his mission? Are we considering the impact it will have in his church? You know, both Jesus and Paul see the will of God as an opportunity to serve, as an opportunity to be involved in his mission. And, you know, I know even, you know, two, no two lives are planned according to the same pattern. Doing God's will is obedience to his word and serving God with the gifts and the opportunity he gives us. Living the will of God is being in that harmonious relationship with God. It's living obedient lives. It's, it's the first step in knowing the will of God. From there, God will reveal his specific will once we have an understanding of his general will for our lives. You know, when we do God's will, there will be blessing. <laughs> I'm not saying our lives will be easier, uh, but they will be holier and they'll be happier. There will be a closer relationship with Jesus. There is a deeper understanding of God's truth and the realisation that God does answer our prayer. Thomas Kempis uh, said these words, and I love these words. He says, man proposes, God disposes. Man proposes, God disposes. And how foolish is it for us to think that we can do life without God? the one who created us, the one who sustains us, the one who saves us. Folks, we cannot control future events. You know that. We don't know what's in store for us. Our plans without God originates, James says, from our pride and the evil one. There is selfish darkness without God, but remarkable light if we include the Lord Jesus in our lives. Folks, we don't have to be socially distant with God. And finally, James talks about planning to do good. And he says there in verse 17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. You know, many people think doing God's will will bring misery on your life. But you know, the opposite is true. 
being disobedient to God will bring misery to our lives. And, and can I say, folks, if you are a Christian and you truly don't know the will of God, then can I encourage you, start learning the word of God. Be involved in a small group. Keep on listening uh, to the services. And you know what? Surely, but slowly, that the Holy Spirit will start speaking into your life. They're good habits to keep. If you are a Christian and you know God's will but you're not doing it, folks, then you're on dangerous ground. That is misery. Do you remember Jonah? He knew God's will. He was told to go preach to Nineveh. And what did he do? <laughs> he went the opposite way, didn't he? And as a result, he, he was swallowed up by a, uh, a big fish and then spewed out. Uh, he could have saved himself a lot of heartache if he obeyed the Lord right from the very beginning. Are there areas in your life where you know the will of God, but you are blatantly disobedient? Folks, your fate will be the same. You'll be swallowed up and spewed out. We need to be reminder, reminded that if we are a Christian, uh, we are not our own master. Our, our fate, we are, not the, uh, we are not the captain of our souls. We were bought for a price by the blood of the Lord Jesus. We come under his lordship. And, you know, when I think and meditate on the gospel, folks, I want to say it is so encouraging to me. Jesus has my back. He died on the cross for me. I need to trust him, not only with my salvation, I need to trust him with my life. And James is at pains and he says it over and over again, faith without actions is dead. In other words, from this point, you, you can't keep on living unproductive lives and be disobedient. If you're a Christian and you're not doing God's will, then James says it clearly, it's sin. It's sin. And folks, we all have uh, God's will concerning our service, concerning our generosity, concerning uh, using our, our, our gifts, being reminded of his presence. Can I encourage you, plan to be decisive today. Procrastination is a, is a deadly enemy. You know, you've heard it before. Oh, someday soon I'll give up smoking or drinking and uh, doing this, that or the other. Or, you know, one of these days I'll clean up my act against porn. I'll give more time to my kids or whatever the case may be. Oh, yeah, yeah, next year I'll have the opportunity to be generous and, you know, I'll reconcile with that person I have a Barney with. I'll have more time to uh, serve and so on. <laughs> Solution? Do it now. The perfect time is the present time. I love what Proverbs uh, chapter 3 has to say. It says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when you have the power to act. You have the power to act, folks. I know we all drift away from God from time to time. And unfortunately, we all make, sometimes we make plans without considering God's will. And folks, when that happens, we need to come back to the Lord. We need to come back. We need to be reminded of the gospel. We need to be reminded that Jesus loves you. That he forgives you. That he's given us his spirit, the, the spirit of Jesus. We, our names are written in the book of heaven. 
He only wants good for us. We are part of his family. Folks, we need to remember those things. The world's future is uncertain, unsure and brief. But we don't have to panic. We don't have to worry or be fearful. Uh, do you remember uh, some months ago it was now when we saw those people fighting for toilet paper? And uh, I reckon those people who are fighting, uh, when they look back, they'll be so, uh, so ashamed of what they were doing. But it, it, it reminded me of one thing. It's like we live in a world that every man is for himself. Friends, corona is a trial we all have to face. Don't let it define you. Let it refine you. Don't let it define you. Let it refine you. It's an opportunity to trust God more. And it just reminds me, right from the very beginning of James, when he says, consider it pure joy when you face various trials, because you know those trials will strengthen your faith. It will actually help you to persevere, and from perseverance will come maturity. Do God's will. That's what James is saying. He's saying, plan to do good. Put your faith into action. Make decisions and plans with him, not without him. Don't just make reference to it. Don't even make reverence to it. But make preference. Make it a preference above everything else. Plan to do good for the kingdom of God. Will you do that? Folks, let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for your grace and your love. And Father, we ask that slowly but surely you will be helping us to understand your will, uh, your specific will for our lives. Help us to spend that time with you in prayer and, and, and the word so that you can speak to our hearts. And Father, we pray that you will give us that humility to admit when we have uh, lived the wrong way, when we have drifted away from you, when we have wandered away from the truth. Thank you that you are a God who was always there, always forgiving, always welcoming us back. And we do pray all these things for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Thanks, folks.